Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 19. Um, Five Pin Universe puts on these podcasts every week. Uh, Thursday, try to get them out at noon. Um, we have the usuals. Tim and Dexter Wiseman, Adam Weber, and special guest Mark Johnstone. He is our first return guest. Uh, we have oh, a few questions. Special. <laughs> we have a few questions we'd like to ask him. But uh, first, after last week's podcast, we have an influx of five pin bowling memes that have come up on uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And uh, Five Pin Universe just wants to give a shout out to. Uh, I do believe it was the annoyed five pin bowling guy, the official five pin universe podcast drinking game. So if you have a beer in front of you or any drink, play along. I'm sure you're going to have a few. Uh, what are your guys' favorite memes? Uh, that one was definitely my favorite. Tim and I were both at work, obviously working very hard. And we both burst <laughs> out laughing when we, when we saw it, ran through it all. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to try to keep my laughing to a minimum so that you're all not wasted by the end of this. But, uh, yeah, I think that was definitely my favorite one. Uh, close second was watching Adam just get destroyed. <laughs> I, I literally just left you getting shot on repeat for probably five minutes. <laughs> every, every down moment I've had this week has been rectified by that video. So. Well, first of all, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> we need friends when we got enemies like yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, thank you to the meme world for that incredible Thursday, Friday. Um, just bringing that level uh, of meme uh, back to what we were really, you know, expecting for the last year or so. So uh, thanks very much for that. Uh, my favorite, uh, of course, you know, from the annoyed five-pin bowling guy. Uh, it was definitely the drinking game. Uh, the the whole scoreboard bitches thing is the funniest thing I've seen in a very, very long time. That's what happens when you're the best right now. <laughs> scoreboard bitches. <laughs> I believe that's a shot for everyone. <laughs> I guess uh, I would have to, uh, if I was going to choose, I would have to say the uh, the meme about myself was probably the number one uh, meme out there. <laughs> didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a close second, the, uh, the drinking game followed up by the uh, sh- Weber getting shot down. <laughs> I think Johnny, the meme you had it uh, was snapped out of existence, so it's probably not there anymore. <laughs> well, it's gonna come back in the next uh, tournament. I'm sure it, the movie will be uh, coming out before then, so we'll see what happens. Rudy, Johnny, Johnny, <laughs> how, how about the Mike uh, Wist one from tonight? That was awesome. That was a good one. About the get ball your, return, absolutely. Get, get, get your band aids ready. Yeah. yeah. Told, <laughs> I told Dexter that was probably one of the most appropriate ones that I was okay with that he, when he hit it, right? But Was that cool. on the 10-bagger? No, that was when he lost to Weber at TPC. Oh, yeah, he needed yeah. needed the strike. Oh, that yeah. was at TPC. I was thinking right yeah. Sorry. No. <laughs> oh, oh, is it my turn? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> none of them. All right. No. <laughs> As Tim gets ripped apart for another week. Uh, yeah, I just I, obviously I like being a celebrity. You know, somebody has to be the bad guy. But uh, no, they're better. They tried better. They tried harder, and I appreciate their, you know, them enthusiastically trying to woo me over. But uh, it was they're good. Yes, I, I agree with you. Uh, I just don't want any hurt feelings. You know, like I apologize. You know, you guys are all trying real hard and trying real hard. It's it's good for the sport. So thank Amen. you for all your hard work. It yeah. created a lot of excitement for last week, and that's really it what did. we're all about. So it, it did. was awesome. It brought some tears, some some anger, some more tears, and uh, today we're back where we are, making fun of Weber. So it's a it's a good circle. So <laughs> I, I I personally love it. <laughs> I, I, I I live for it. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, how, how do we continue the movement? Do do we? You know, bring up a contest or something? Oh, absolutely. I think it'd oh, be we awesome. could have a meme of the week. 
Yeah, I really think we should start that. So put out your memes, make sure that we see them, and we'll, we'll pick a meme of the week. You could be uh, celebrities. I, I, I want to point out nobody's uh, made a meme about Carrie Kreitz yet, so let's make sure we uh, include that in one of our memes of the week. It's actually a really good point. <laughs> who's, who's, who, who's Carrie Kreitz? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's I was really just going getting... through the list of who's playing the open, and I couldn't find him. <laughs> no, female oh. section. Female Shot section. Fired. Wow. <laughs> you guys do realize I cut this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can poke all the fun you want. It doesn't mean it makes the final cut. <laughs> if we do it all day, though, it's taxi. We do it all day. You're going to have no choice but to leave some of it because you're not going to cut it off. I will leave this all in, but I like it. Dex is laughing, by the way. So he is. Um, I guess we'll just do a shout-out. So uh, at Greenwood and Nova Scotia, Dave Adams shot a 400 for on um, Tuesday night men's league, I do believe it was. Um once again, if you guys want your scores shouted out on a five pin podcast, tag us in it or send it by email to carry at fivepinuniverse.ca or get it to anybody that's on the podcast. Um, we'll try and get it shouted out. I know there's 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 a big score at Nebs last week also that uh, I think I tagged crit- critters in on Twitter. Oh, Twitter. There we go. Good old Neb's Fun World updating us on Twitter every day. Thanks, England's. Hey, to be honest with you, that, that was the only social media platform working today, so you should have been on it. <laughs> Were there any 450s this week? No, I don't think so. Uh, somebody had a 405 at the Newfoundland... Uh singles today dave dave hahn jr yeah oh yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah he's sitting first right now besides one of our uh, fellow guests we have shane chafe he's second so that that's singles qualifying right yeah yeah it's funny how you mentioned shane chafe shane chafe is one of our guests but nobody's ever seen that podcast so yeah he's regrettable that's for sure yeah yeah <laughs> That up. I vividly <laughs> remember that conversation. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. <laughs> he said he said actually said he's gonna be on next week. He said he was gonna be on next week, so heard that from Baker for like two months. Yeah. So Dester, uh, I know last week uh, we were going over some of the rules. Uh, do you have any rules you guys want to bring up or discuss this week? Dexter's rule book post of the week. Yeah, the five pin podcast has just become a bunch of segments squished together. <laughs> uh, We've become so commercialized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we start having commercials, then we'll start doing that. Uh, so, what did you guys cover last week? You covered the leaning the pins. pins, yeah, pin rule and, and the foul rule, rule, right? New lineup yeah, game. like wrong rolling on the wrong turn or wrong lane. Yeah. Uh, what about headphones? Okay. So, yeah, we could talk so, about headphones. Now, headphones, I actually got a ruling on that. Uh, as everybody knows, uh, there is like the stipulation where you can't wear your headphones or people under- think there is. Uh, with Masters and with C5, there is no rule saying you can wear headphones at a, at a tournament it's only bulk canada events bulk canada events are the only ones you can't wear your headphones at well it could be different for alberta though mate the alberta masters maybe alberta masters but i know if i, I, I talked to him about so it's not an official c5 rule it's just a a rule from other governing bodies mm-hmm. which is interesting i wonder why they put that in there must have been a reason for it so do, do you guys classify the headphones as like an aid when you're out they, there? They must. I, I really could care less, to be honest with you. Yeah, but that, I, but what do you would you classify it as an aid? I it's not if you care or not. Could it be used as an aid? Absolutely. Uh, oh yeah. Sure, no questioning. Noise. 
Yeah, block out noise. Like if you have a song on repeat, it gives you the same rhythm the entire time. That's an advantage that nobody else has as well, right? So um, I, 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 it's a definite aid in my mind for sure. I think like for qualifying, I don't really care as much. But if you're playing match play or anything like that, it's kind of disrespectful, I think. Oh, but qualifying for sure. I don't care. I'm kind of indifferent on it though. Like it doesn't bother me, but. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a place for it feel, either. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel if it's me, like if in my situation, I should be in control of my own situation, not some what somebody else is doing, right? Yeah, true. that's just me personally, right? So, oh, it'll probably come back with you know something similar to like old school poker players versus new school poker players, right? Because all all of a sudden, they could, you know people using sunglasses at at the table and uh, you know listen to headphones. Uh, they're still a ton of players that just don't use any of those aid and then, you know, just use table talk to, to kind of get that information. Uh, I personally, I, I don't think you should have access to it. Um, there, there's, it's not the same for everybody that the sports should be very similar in some of those particular rulings. In my opinion, I, I'm, I'm shocked that, only one organization would ban them and the others would not, or they I'm not, they should all be on the same page. Haven't got to it yet. My thinking, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, would you have the same feelings if somebody used uh, earplugs instead? Yeah, yeah. Unless they, unless it was medical, I would agree, for sure. You see, um, a lot of kids wear them, right? A lot of younger kids when they're not used to the noise at the provincial levels. I, I see a lot of them wear them. Or more, it's where, or I guess, more common. I guess you can say during the event. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the Bantam ones I see a lot, depending if it's a provincial event. Okay. Um, you, you see a lot more of it just because just they can't handle the noise. Or maybe can't handle but they're not like accustomed to it, I guess. It's like a kid at a hockey game, right? For mm-hmm. sure. Wearing the when, I was a, when I was a kid, I, used, I, got, I got migraines up until I was about 17 years old, where I would have a migraine every other week, really. And I, I had to wear earphones at Nationals one time or earplugs and nationals one time because my migraines were outrageous and to try to bowl with that while the amount of noise going on at nationals it would, but I was I was also like 10 but I think it is a definite advantage at least in in adults for sure and I think it's really just it's it's a way of filling a hole in your own game more than more than anything right if you're not able to tune that out the way that other players at a high level are doing then it's just a way to mask that problem that you're having right so um i I think i think long term you just have to be around it and learn how to deal with it but Mm -hmm. that's why i definitely think it's an advantage i figure if i have to listen to gino and gombach all the time everybody (laughs) should have to (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Try try being on the proprietor side. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what that's... you're talking about. <laughs> that's a drink. Uh, yeah. Be, being on that side of it, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love Gino, and the thing about Gino is that he's very different the second that he's done bowling, but. Yeah, being the guy taking care of the lanes, and then, and then he's bowling in an event, and things aren't going the way he was hoping. You hear he takes care. Of, he takes care of Stetler now. I made sure I'd tell him how much he was cracking. <laughs> I, I didn't mind it. No, it was great, but I did tell him that. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I, no, he, so, he, he's so phenomenal for the game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, yes. and, and 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 quite honestly, I I love having those conversations with him. Even if he's just venting, because a lot of times you can vent back, and neither neither of us are actually yes. listening to each other. So yeah. it, it's just just a venting mm-hmm. session, and he'll always be there to get vented against. Also, yeah, right? Yes. He'll always give you give the time of day. Love. And him. you know what? Nine out of ten, or even like you know, forty nine out of fifty times, Gino will never take it personal either, right? So nope. he uh, he he gets it, right? So it's I- kind of cool that way. And we know how to take it too. I mean, we have such a good relationship with Gino that, like, when he's when he's having his moments, it's just we know it's just him having a moment. 
and we just kind of let him go and then not, not worry about it. But he's would also be the first guy to have your back for whatever you need. You know, you break down on the side of the road, you call Gino, Gino will show up. Yeah. So he's one of my absolute favorite people. But yes. Or, or <laughs> if, if he if loses we a have tire to listen to it, everybody. Yeah. Oh, it's it's you remember that remember on the that. way to Lethbridge? Yeah. 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 Oh, I was in the vehicle. Yeah. No, really. <laughs> 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 front left driver's wheel pops off hops across highway two, through oncoming traffic into the field on the other side it was ridiculous misses everything yeah missed everything lucky yes, luckiest you, people you had ever. one job this is <laughs> the reason why you get your wheels retorked people yeah <laughs> he just bought that vehicle too he had no idea that they put brand new wheels on they didn't tell him yeah crazy just unreal and of course we're traveling on the deer foot and it you can feel the vehicles chugging a little bit but that's the deer foot it's a little bit crappy like it has that uh whatever you want to call it that washboard feel to it so you didn't think anything of it get on the other side of calgary and all of a sudden (laughs) yeah crazy yeah so um, talking about other rules, I have another one here for you guys. What about how do you guys feel about the red card, yellow card? Do they, do they know what this is? Uh, I don't know okay. enough about it. So you know, so, how, I, I know in you, soccer, you get you get, a, you get warnings, right? You know, uh, but now with Ball Canada, they implemented about what five years next that any of their events they do is yellow card, red card. So the judge of play comes up with a yellow card, points it at you, and that's your one warning, and then you come up with a red card and you're out. So what was it before that? Well, I think that's not That was the same, same thing as what we did, always, like the same kind of ruling depending on the event. But what, judge, so judge, what judge, was the judge rule before? Give you a warning. So, what was the, the ruling before? Yeah, The ruling was verbal, yeah. You get your verbal and then you get your written and then you're out kind of thing. Yeah. So it was three strikes instead of now two? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, well, it depends on like the tournament, a, I think. Yeah, but... yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah, it was totally different. So what and is the rule now? <laughs> so you, yeah, get, yellow... you get one one warning and then second one and you're gone. Yeah. From the sounds of it. Yeah, with a yellow... And or it's, it, does it go to yellow? Or, or if something's bad, do they just walk over and give them a red and see, see you later? I think that, I don't I don't think it goes to red right away. I don't think so. You you bring up this rule, but you don't have the background for it. <laughs> I thought. Okay, I so thought I, somebody... hypothetically speaking, I think that's I don't I don't necessarily agree with that because before you have to go up to somebody and give them a verbal warning. Now some dude's just gonna be some dude's on a power trip, so gonna be flashing cards like this, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too easy. Like, and others have uh, different definitions of what deserves a warning and what doesn't. So, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with so, that. So, like, when they bring this yellow card, do they apply it to the child or do they go to the coach? Uh, I I would assume they go to the coach first, right? So, um, so why I, did they bring in the card system? They already did verbal to the coach before. That was the rule before, was it not? Yeah, yeah as far as they just wanted to implement their own ruling. So I think so it, I think it's uh, okay. So here's my take on it. Um, yeah. If they're trying to add a regulation that is comparable to another sport, I get it. But if they're just doing it to implement a system, they already had a system. So why the change? Mm-hmm. Did they feel that the chi- that the original system was no good and it wasn't being followed, or was it just an implement to compare it to another sport? I I guess the the rule change needs to be clarified for to have a proper opinion on it. No, well, they, 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 this way at least there's something visual, right? And everybody else around would at least know that this person or this this child or the coach maybe has received a card. And to be on more of a, an alert on it. But it, either way, it's still going to be up to the judge of play, right? It, it's still a, a judgment call, no no matter what. So whether it's a verbal warning, written warning, whatever it is, it's still their judgment call. 
Yeah. It really doesn't matter if there's a card or anything involved. It, some judges are, are simply on power trips. They, they Just as Johnny says, they, there's a few out there. Um, if, if you're a known um, you know, disturber, oh, yeah, right? you're, you're, you're already going in with a verbal warning, even before you walk out there for your first practice ball. So you're going to be watched like a hawk. It, it, it's just just the way it is, right? Was, was this rule just for youth program, or was it for all Bull Canada programs? Uh, Bull Canada national programs, like so. Bull Canada Cup, right? And then okay. you got the Senior Canada Cup, and then you got this one. So, uh, and as far as I and well, I guess you got the Bull Canada Cup singles too, right? So, those are just for those ones. Yeah, because I know uh, Evan actually got a yellow card, I think, at Nationals. Uh, he he did, Evan. like, three months later. So it was at the time oh, yeah. period where they were, they were implementing the yellow card, red card. And it happened before, like, the national meeting or anything. So none of this had happened. So then they have the national meeting after and decide that Evan deserved a yellow card. So they gave him a yellow card six months later. For in, in the mail, in the mail, yeah, yeah. who changed the rule after and then get and then you, get yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that makes no sense. No, so but I also, Dester, if you if you're looking it up, right? Um, part of it, I, online. okay, but part of it, I think Evan also had a warning going to the next event. I, I think that was part of the thing, even though he got issued it from. Later, he said, if you went to another Nationals for Bull Canada, you would get another, you would be already on your warning. Yeah, I think I do recall that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask the same question if, you know, just like, you know, some, something like soccer, uh, if it does carry over into a next match and uh, does it get, you know, wiped away after a certain, maybe end of year, everything gets wiped away or something along those lines, huh? I would think so. You know, I, I guess you're talking when you guys talk about judge of plays and stuff like that. I I think emotion has to be part of the game, and I think there has to be some lenience on the situation. We talk about Michael and his meme list, right? But for me personally, I wasn't really upset with him on it because it was the emotion of that time. It's not like he's it is, Michael's not wanting to go around and beat stuff up and, and act out like that all the time. We understand it was the emotion. But for somebody who gets who gets, you know, argumentative or gets upset, plows three or four times, and is always known to smash something or law balls out, then I have no issue with that kind of stuff, right? Do you, if do you feel it. their reputation should follow them from event to event, though? No, I, I, I still think you have a clean slate when you start, but I think, unfortunately, you try to be as subjective as best you can, Right. Sometimes I, I have a feeling some people don't do that, right? Uh, does anybody in this podcast have uh, judge a play schooling at all? Tim. So Tim, in mm-hmm. in the judge a play uh, thing, do they tell you that you're supposed to be unbiased when you start a tournament play? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's part so, of that. So that's something I've seen in the past where the judge a play hasn't been unbiased. Oh, for sure. They've been biased the whole time. My, my yeah, I can relate thing, to that. <laughs> well, just don't have three balls on a lane, Johnny. But uh, <laughs> you know what? I bet Johnny wouldn't be upset if he made the team that year. So we're. <laughs> but anyway, wasn't even the point. I know it wasn't the point. You're, and you're right, Johnny. I get it. You know, honestly, in rules like that, I think you're, if they're not causing ball jams and they're not causing issues, what's the point of dealing with it, right? Like again, it's all, all about the situation. I think too. And there's rules in there for a reason for a certain situation. If the situation is not being a problem, why do you need to enforce the rules a little bit? You got to be understand the situation, I think, right? Well, no that's different why I like... than, no, no, sorry, no different than the ball engraving, right? Absolutely no different. Yeah. Right? I think, is it really something you want to enforce and do? Well, if the situation arises, there's a rule for it, right? I know, I know some people out there think, okay, this is the rule, everybody has to be, but you have to understand, like, there is a reason why these things are out there for situations, but you don't have to necessarily be that person all the time. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm more of a proponent of WCBT because Mm -hmm. yeah, we understand that a guy's going to get a little intense sometimes or heck 
if their ball rack's big enough, a guy can have six balls on there. Yes. Who really cares? As long as they're enough Absolutely. for everybody else, that's fine. <laughs> that That's um, the thing is, like, there's a time and a place, and there's, there's a reason why these rules got put in. And, like, the two ball rack or the two balls on a rack is simply for, you know, tournaments like the Open where you're going to have ten sets of bowling balls on the oh, rack. Yeah. You know, it, it's a problem. It creates ball jams. It slows down pace of play. There's lots of reasons for it. But when you're playing one-on-one, who cares? It doesn't matter, right? They're like, just use your common sense with things, too. Yeah. Um, exactly. you, you don't have to call everything. Another rule that basically never gets called, um, but we could talk about it, is delay a game. The, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let, 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 let's be honest. Like, li- ne- literally. Ne- never, never gets called? Well, okay. <laughs> There's different Statist- forms of that too, right? Statistically, yeah. like maybe yeah. half a percent statistically gets called. Considering that. one yeah. of them, considering one of them is waiting for personal bowling balls, that is listed as one of the reasons for delay a game, right? And we all do it. We all do it all the time, especially in the tenth frame. You know, you all have your first ball. You throw the first ball strike. You all sit there and you wait for personal bowling balls. Technically, it doesn't delay a game. Even if you throw your first two, and you're still they still don't have them back. If there's a house ball in the rack, it is still technically delay a game because you're supposed to throw that instead. So I mean, it doesn't get called, but we all have common sense, and and there's there's a time and a place to call it, right? But right. if it's Na- not na- excessive, national event, because <laughs> I did get that called, you know, less than a year ago. Yeah, yeah, and it had nothing to do with me. You know, specifically delaying the event. The simple issue is with the lanes themselves and their belt system that would not deliver that ball up to basically all competitors. Right. But until another ball came, kind of thing, right? Exactly. But I also know that even though I was targeted by those judges, other bowlers in the same event were not. And the exact same scenario would happen over and over. There's only one person that ended up getting a warning on it. And it's probably because I told the guy where to go after like the fourth time that he asked me. Um, But then I also had the Canadian five pin president, you know, on my case pretty much that night also. So was that was that because of that ruling or was that because of telling the judge a play where to go originally is because of that ruling which obviously brought heat to the the situation unnecessary Mm -hmm. heat to the situation right um the worst part is after everything was said and done that night yes I, i took my warning it was a deserved warning for you know my actions towards the the judge the next morning he throws a rule book in my face yeah, and before that's the my b- before my very first ball. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, can't so, do that so, either. No, they're, they're, there's targeting, right? You cannot target as a judge ever, right? Yeah. And that and there's so many bowlers that are out there that we see at all these events that are chucking balls all over the place, and not a single person will ever go up and talk to those guys. Uh, so, I, so how is that fair? I have I have one person in my head. Um, Doug Bowles out of Edmonton, and I think that he's the only one that thinks he doesn't get justified, where I think he doesn't, they're targeting me, they're on me, they're on me, they're on me. But there's one bowler in Edmonton that I know, that we all know, that deserves to get targeted. Not get targeted, but deserves to have, not to targeted, but I guess what I'm saying, okay, I'll take that back, cut that out. (laughs) But but what, what... what I'm saying is that there's one bowler in Edmonton that thinks he gets unjustified targeted. He's just not getting targeted. He just acts out all the time. There's yeah. a difference, right? I guess that's what I mean, Kerry. So, yeah, you know, what, what you're saying is that, that he thinks he's being targeted, but in reality, he's having outbursts that are causing people to be like, give him warnings. It, it's, not, yes. it's not that he's being targeted. It's that he's still continuing to... Have right. his outburst. Yeah, I get it. I, and 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 yet, I think yet he doesn't get warnings. He does. <laughs> this one does. He does get warnings. Trust me, I I I've dealt with I've dealt with him on that aspect. But I think there's other ones out there that I, I have no issue with saying that I think there is judge plays out there that are you know back when Johnny you know was in his in his prime would be like Johnny has an attitude problem right or Johnny Johnny's more fired up right. 
But then there's other ones out there that think they're actually getting looked at or getting, you know, scrutinized or getting, you know, punished by, by, and there really aren't. <laughs> I, I, I think it's all in their head a little bit, right? Me well, personally, I've had... yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I've had no, both sorry. where like I've been targeted, but I also have the judge of Pela who's like my best friend too. And he'll let, like, <laughs> let me do whatever I want and get away with everything too. So it does go both ways, but uh, yeah. definitely been targeted, that's for sure. <laughs> I, that comes with, um, I hate to say it, Adam, but it comes with who you are too because you are one of the top players that there is going to be eyes on you. Mm-hmm. I didn't say he was the, I said one of. <laughs> but... uh <laughs> You understand what I'm saying, though, and that's why certain people do have eyes on them, and they do feel like they're being targeted. For sure, they, they, they put them at a higher regard. And it does uh, it does suck if that person is getting the only warning when that infraction is happening across the board, mm-hmm. and that's something that needs to be looked at. But it's hard enough getting judge of plays as it is. How much do you? put the onus back on the judge of play when they're, they're volunteering. It's not like they're being paid. And, and let, let's talk about this targeted thing. What, what do you think? You think maybe of all the judges plays, maybe 15 or 20%, the other 80%, I don't think, first of all, they're intimidated by higher average bowlers. Right. And two, they don't know the rules as well as maybe they should. I, I really think, I think it's a, not a, mm. it's not a hundred percent of people out there. The one I don't like is being in the being around the youth a lot. Is I hate how parents try to pull the judges of plays in to try to dictate the, the the play of what's going down there. Whether it's hey, you know, like Sally over there has a bad attitude, or you know, Mike does had over there, right? You should go over there and get involved in that. Yeah. That and that and I really have a hard time with that because honestly, I've seen it, and like the it's I don't know maybe to, this year has been the worst year when it comes down to it. Youth Challenge and, and the Youth Championship uh, zones and, and uh, provincials were terrible. Like, people were trying to, trying to you know, pull in and trying to get this team qualified, disqualified, because, you know, he didn't have a good attitude. Well, like, is there any warnings? Well, no, then I can't do anything about it, you know. Whatever happened to just beating the other team. Uh, absolutely. But, <laughs> but Johnny, like, that, that's, that's society exactly. nowadays. It's society. Yep. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> But but again, hey, that kid's got a yellow card. You better watch him. He's he's acting up right now. Like, Absolutely. Go check him out. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. God. See, uh, yeah. and that that's kind of my beef with the whole yellow card, red card thing. Now it's a visual thing. Now everybody's paying attention. Where before it was a verbal, and it was to the coach. It was probably off to the side. None of the people are the wiser about it. Now it becomes a visual thing. Now it now yeah. it's a targeted thing. It's Mostly embarrassing. Shaming. It's yeah. embarrassing. It is like yeah. if I it's get a like, warning, I'm embarrassed. I don't want. I'll, I, I'll I, under, be good. I understand. <laughs> I understand that part of it, right? You do want that person to feel like they shouldn't be doing that, right? That is the whole point of it, I think. But now it also becomes the crowd, the other players from other teams. Now they're invested in that as well, where before it was under. It was usually kept under wraps. And the team knew about it, and the player knew about it, and hopefully they never did the infraction again. The the Lawrence Faubert thing, remember? And Bonnie Doon, when he, uh, he banged out to win the Open uh, Nationals and somebody got a warning, and Tweedy never told him on that team during the gold medal match. He's like, I'm not telling him. I'm not telling him. And he's like, I hope nothing happens. <laughs> right? Because it would have totally changed the whole aspect of the, the gold medal match, Right. The feelings, you know, the emotions are there, and your focus. And and uh, Mike never told him. And Mike can probably, you know, comment on this later. But it was kind of a good move in a way. You know, it paid off because, well, it worked out well in his favor. Yeah, unless the person did it again, and all of a sudden he gets disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to explain it to him. Yeah, At least it's the open. You know, you have six players. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be worse. <laughs> Do yeah. you think that there is a time that we should start calling the delay a game? 
Because, I, and you know what, we t- Mark, you talked about how you're a proponent of the WCBT because we don't re- we don't really call you know the the picky sort of rules like this, but my God, there have been some times during the WCBT events that I feel like this rule needs to be called by certain individuals. Um, I remember there was <laughs> there was it, it it doesn't normally bother me, but we were playing. Autumn Open uh, two, three years ago, and it's one-on-one matches. So these matches should take 15 minutes. I would finish my match. Yeah, 20 minutes tops. I would finish my match and literally have a half-hour break between every single game because somebody was walking around, going long walks, jumping around, (laughs) coming back, spending 10 minutes up a lane, doing some more jumping, going for a walk, coming back and throwing his ball. Half an hour in between games on one-on-one matches is outrageous. Yeah, at I, some I agree. Point, at some point, it is really negatively affecting everybody else in the field. And I don't – if we're talking about not wearing headphones because, you know, it gives you an advantage, well, ta- taking that amount of time to slow everybody else down and give them those breaks in between – is a real a real advantage to them as well. I'm not saying anything like like Adam. Adam, you, you play, you're you're ready to go. Um, you're up there. You take your time, but you're ready to go. You're just you just have a naturally slower pace than everybody else. But when when there is dicking around, yeah. When you're when you're making everybody wait 20 minutes to half an hour between games, it's a problem, and it and it really paid off for them. But it. It, it really affected everyone else. I think a shot clock should be a thing. I know they used to have them. KG. The yeah. KG, yeah. I think they yeah, should I, be a how, thing. How, how many bowling balls went through those shot clocks? Yeah, just Jackson. one. Just right. one Jackson. I, 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 I definitely understand the whole idea of the shot clock. I, as long as you're ready to go and you're not taking a, a ridiculous amount of time on the lane – it's consistent. It's not like you're doing anything. Like I said, I, I know I get flack all the time for, for my for my pace, and and quite frankly, I I, I get it. it. It is somewhat justified, but I'm always up there ready to go when my turn's there, right? Like, I'm I'm always ready to go. Uh, it, unfortunately, sometimes I plow a lot, so it takes even longer, <laughs> right? But uh, like there there's certain guys that do just take absolutely forever they're never ready for their shot and then they go up there and miss the middle four times like it's it's just ridiculous right I, now I, one yeah. one thing I, I could see a shot clock would be maybe in like the tour championship something like that where we're trying to keep you know the taping to a minimum because there, there's a there's a lot of, of additional costs and everything in that also right so in that atmosphere maybe uh, any any type of a, a stepladder event maybe um but it has to be reasonable it still has it can't be okay you have 15 seconds to get this going right oh, no. there, there's there's some there's some process that, that still needs to take it's, place it's not like it's to live television i think anymore, i think right? the shot and, the shot clocks in kg were what 12 and a half minutes per player I was end? just thinking that for some reason, so that must. I have do been believe it. it was. I was thinking twenty-five minutes. So a you match. had twenty-five minutes a match, and you had your twelve three, and a half minutes yourself. Three game matches? No, it was a single game. Well, oh, it, okay. what, they were three okay. game matches, but the clock was made for each singular game. Per game. Okay, yeah, yeah that's tons, tons. Yeah, yeah. That's, if you if yeah, you can complete plenty. your game in twelve and a half minutes, there's <laughs> you're you're clearly holding everybody up. The the only problem was. They weren't paying attention to the shot clock. <laughs> well, right? yeah, you forget to press it and stuff. And yeah, yeah. It was like a chess yeah. clock. You had to turn yours off, and the other person's time would start. Right. I think mm-hmm. part of it too is like us as bowlers have to be respectful of each other as well. Like, mm-hmm. be ready to go and be be there. Don't be walking around. Don't be outside. Yeah, people go outside and have their breaks or whatever, but be ready to go when it's your turn. Um, just yeah. to be respectful of each other too is a big part of it. I'm I'm not actually honestly pace of play like if it's five on five and you're slow, you kind of I don't like that. But to be honest with you, like Adam's pace is to me is no different than Len and his excessive speed, right? You ha- as a bowler, you kind of adjust to it. You have to adjust to yeah. it, right? You, you, the only person who gets affected who can who can manage that is yourself. Why make everything else? Uh, an issue, right? Does that make sense? Like, I, I really yeah, think like that... if you're standing up beside Lenny, 
Yeah. And if you, you know that he's quick, so like there's times where I went up there and I'm like, why am I going up there right now? I know he wants to go. So then you start getting in your own head. So next yeah. time you go up there, be like, hey, Lenny, give her yeah. and let him go if that's yeah. what you fun, feel, right? Fun fact about Len, uh, he actually prefers people to go slower. I, I, I said I said that to him one match because I faced him in Invitational one time and I slowed it down. Like I, I took less time because Len was so quick. And he's like, oh, actually... I, I actually preferred that afterwards. Like I actually prefer that because <laughs> when the other person goes really fast, then his pace just gets like really quick and he loses all sorts of control. So <laughs> from my understanding, he actually likes it when people go slower. Oh, only in <laughs> yeah. a heads up match though. He hates following it because yeah. he's ready to go. He's ready to go. And then he's like having to slow down in a, ter- a team event. Yeah. Uh, I found that out last year at the, the heritage four player. Uh, he did not want to follow me ever, right? Just, just his personal type of timing, yeah. right? So I, I, I totally get it. And, and, and I, I agree to, a, to an extent, Tim, but a complete other end of the spectrum, right? They, these guys are trying to, you know, get events done in certain mm-hmm. pace. So uh, right. if he's done ahead of time, that's fine. But I, yeah. I, for, for, for me, as long as somebody's not taking an exorbitant amount of time, let them throw at their pace, Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, like for, for myself, I, I don't slow down on purpose, right? No. It just becomes a, a deeper, especially deeper in tournament. It, it, you see with Gino all the time too, right? You just kind of get into a, a, a the zone, I guess, right? And then just they just kind of go. But uh, the, the one thing I'll, I'll never have an issue with is getting locked up for 15 minutes. Right. right. So, 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 so it's not exactly a detriment to my game either, but I, I don't do it on, I don't do it on purpose. But, but that's, For... that's what I'm saying is that I think that that is, that is the line <clears throat> that we need to take care of. Like, like I said, when this person, this individual was playing it, even I'm, I'm sure you were playing too. I'm, you always make the finals on Sunday uh, at autumn open. And I'm sure that like, you waited forever. That's that's the thing that I don't think is fair is that when at the end of it, every single other person out there after playing probably upwards of 30 games over the weekend, you know, you're at the end of the weekend, you're, you're tired, your body's sore, and this person is forcing your lactic acid to build up every single time. And then it takes you three frames to loosen up again. I, I just don't I just don't think that's fair. Yeah. I, I really noticed it this year with Bobby Kite. And, and uh, you know, after speaking with Bobby, he says he's never gone into that zone where he's taken that amount of time. It's just it became natural for him. But he, even myself, yeah, I'm, I'm like ten minutes sitting down. I'm like, this hurts. This yeah. is why. This is why I take my time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and Adam, when you talk about events, I I think in certain aspects, such as like you're hosting the TPC or Regina Classic or stuff like that. Yeah, big money on the line. There's just big uh, prestige and, and honor to it. When you get done, we get done. I, that's how I feel about it. You know, like it sucks being done at nine o'clock when Weber goes up both sides, or it's great when six o'clock finishes when you know Schultz beats Derek home. But <laughs> right, but at the end of the day, it's it's your guys' event. It's the bowlers' event. We if us hosting it, we have to understand this could happen. Unfortunately, right. But for the better of the event. You kind of go with it. It's not the end of the world, right? It's a lot of money on the line, a lot, a lot of prestige. Yeah, I think Adam was pointing towards like the tour championship, like yeah, because yeah. that becomes a money situation, right? Where we're paying for production and stuff like that. So, um, for that instance, like if it was ever to get on TV, I guarantee you there would be a shot clock. Mm-hmm. For sure, there would be. And I, I yeah. don't feel it's against against anybody it's just for production value right and uh, that's for live like yeah ours aren't live so we kind of got a time we got to do it but we have a little leeway we got tv live we got to be within whatever the heck they want johnny what what, is there one for you on tsn well yeah yeah there was yeah but you had to keep in mind there it was kind of an unwritten rule like your match was 20 minutes or whatever but they they didn't really push you on time too much. They just cut it out of your production. Yeah, exactly. Next they, thing they you know, it starts in the third or fourth frame. I'm like, oh, that sucks. So if you took forever, they're going to cut half your match out of there to yeah. just to fit uh-huh. it in. Fair. Yeah. So I do yeah. believe on 10-pin, they do have uh, 
I want to say it was a 30 second shot clock, but it might have been 25 second shot clock. And if you took longer than that, it, it was actually a financial penalty. So you you would have to pay like I I don't want to say the monetary value. I do believe it was close to a thousand dollars. And then your mm-hmm. second penalty would be double that. And then then it started jumping, right? So these guys would make sure you would have two re-racks in a match. So you'd make sure you use your re-rack if you weren't ready, right? To buy you that extra time. Yeah. Um, but obviously we would never get to that point where we'd be like 25 seconds. If you don't finish your shot in that, we're going to take a thousand dollars off your paycheck. That's just not reasonable. But um, personally, I, I have a hard time with an individual shot clock, right? I, I have no problem with a, a match time clock. Uh, similar to curling, some stuff along those lines. Because my second and third balls, if I'm taking five or ten seconds, do I get a bank that extra time? No, right? So if I've got 25 seconds, right, I can physically complete that frame in a minute 15, right? But so my first shot takes 40 seconds, fine, I'm off the lane. Do I bank the other 35 seconds? No. No. Right? Yeah. So, but in what world does your first shot going to take 45 seconds? There, there's it, no it, 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 it shouldn't it shouldn't but in certain situations where you need that extra time right even before you get on the approach and you take that extra second right they take that extra breath you get up there right and it takes you 10 seconds to get set right and then all of a sudden yeah may, maybe it's a 25 30 second type time frame but my second shot's going to take 10 seconds my third mm-hmm. shot's probably going to take four seconds yeah. <laughs> right right so but you're not banking that extra 15 20 mm-hmm. seconds every time so uh, i i think if you do it like a full match yeah. clock I, I think it's more justified in that type of a setting and then you can see okay fine well my third shot i'm not going to take a whole lot of time unless i really need it right so there, there's just a little bit of strategy in there also mm-hmm. but again you don't you just don't want to get away from your natural because it it's going to put out a terrible product Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the last thing we want. But have we created that situation by not imposing these delays, right? Have we created sure. this situation where people are taking a lot longer than they technically should be? Because if this has been always the thing, you would never take that long because you never could, right? So we've created this situation. And I don't know I if, there, if there is a way to correct it now. Are we too far in? <laughs> No. I'm sure if we if we had the situation where it happened, everyone would be like, okay, here's the rules you need to be within. And I think everyone would abide by the yeah. time or whatever I think needed so. them to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they'd, they'd, have, they'd have to if it's a WCBT event, right? And you're going to get penalized for going over whatever the rules are stipulated. Yeah, well, you're going to be forced into it, right? Yeah. But as long as it's it's a realistic yeah. Yeah. Uh, type of a, of a time, I don't think anybody would have an issue. And the people that are slow, we're probably less than 1% of all bowling population. Oh, for sure. Right? So so to, to, to call it the norm, it's nowhere near the norm. No. Yeah, like most of the no. episodes, I think the longest episode was 25, 26 minutes, and that's with some interviews here and there. So, And it wasn't me. How long no. was mine? I think mine was like yeah, it wasn't an 17 really minutes. No. Yeah, that was a quick one. No. Has, uh, which, has Which one multiple match? <laughs> oh. <laughs> my, I think uh, Mana Carries. Mana Carries was the quickest. I'm pretty sure. I got some proposal changes coming, so stay tuned on that. Mm. I guess you'll Dude. be there again. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm hoping. Do you, hey, do you, do you guys have a format already? Uh, well, we're gonna have a meeting here with before uh, Heritage, and I have uh, okay. we have a few uh, proposals done up of schedules and events and all that kind of stuff so we're definitely cool. going to tweak it a bit hopefully we can tweak it so we don't have to wait so long and maybe just readjust the schedule a little bit so we'll figure it out no works um has the wcbt ever thought about maybe doing fines to bowlers has anybody ever been fined before we have talked about it um yeah yeah <laughs> we've talked about it <laughs> yeah the, such a fine line yeah, yeah the thing is people off too right like and you have to get all the tournaments involved right it, on like, board tpc just can't be the only one to be like yeah go right ahead and you have the autumn open or 
Regina Classic or Heritage Open or Heritage uh, <laughs> Traditional um, say that they don't want the fines, then you're you're kind of hooped that way, right? So it, it's going to take some finagling, and there's there definitely talks. We're still waiting for Mark Miller to pay his fine. <laughs> for flipping off our live stream. <laughs> the reason I had to wear a sign after that being like, I am currently live. <laughs> oh, Dexter's, Dexter's laughing. Oh, I'm almost done with this beer. Uh, so I will just jump into the next segment. Uh, I do have another topic I want to talk about after this, but John Stone, special guest, who is your bowling mentor? Uh, well, obviously, uh, uh, two individuals come to mind. Uh, obviously, Gino Zebarth. Uh, I'm from Wetaskiwin as well, and uh, Gino was kind of instrumental in getting me and all of us really kind of to the next level from the adult into the, into the cash tournaments and masters and stuff. Like when we were younger, we didn't even know about anything really other than if Gino wasn't there, then we wouldn't have known about the cash tournaments or wouldn't got the push from him for us to go to have the, give us the courage to go. Right. So Gino all the time, Gino's coaching, Gino was around at the lanes playing pool all the time. And and we've got to be really close over the years. And Gino's been at every tournament forever, and so have I in the adult ranks. So, yeah, Gino. And then also, uh, when I was younger, it would be Robert Gallagher more often. He's the owner of Heartland Bowl, one of our sponsors. So he would be a, he was a great influence for me, coaching me when I, in YBC a little bit more than Gino was back then. So, yeah. Yeah, Robert definitely became a, a friend more than a coach for sure. And uh, yeah, kept us Sometimes on, kept us on the straight path. <laughs> uh, the, per- the perfect game capital of the world with Tasquin. Yeah, <laughs> there's a few there. There was only Unreal. one bold in the center, though. Yeah, wasn't that? It was like Terry Blade back in the early '90s or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, favorite tournament. You guys have been doing this, and I've been trying to think. Um, I was trying to think of how I wanted to answer this question. So my favorite tournament, uh, obviously the TPC kind of is the only one I've won. So that kind of has always been a fun one to me. Like when I was uh, helping out with Collingwood back in the day, and we ran it there and then kind of passed it over to Sherwood. So that's – and plus I – I'm on the TPC committee too, mm-hmm. so that's TPC is always pretty close to me. As far as as far as there's a lot, I like bowling in that one. As far as like going out and have a good time, uh, I like going to Heritage. It's mm-hmm. a setup real nice. It's an awesome, nice bowling center. So having a good time going out there. Uh, my favorite competitive tournament would have been probably uh, obviously TSN was was the the TSN that I won that wasn't on TV. That was probably my favorite tournament. It was a brutal conditions and I was way behind going in the last day and then I came back and then I ran up the step ladder and then I beat uh, Bobby Torval twice in the final so that was one of my favorite ones too hmm. um, so what would you say is your toughest match Whew. it's been a lot of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> not recently to... <laughs> honestly beating Kerry in the TPC <laughs> final <laughs> <laughs> Being uh, Dexter in the TPC. <laughs> well, that uh, that one was kind of is going to stick out for me because I played Dexter in the TPC the year after he won, and then we played each other the previous year three times. So he beat me, and then I beat him on the one side, and then he beat me in the final. So playing him again the next year, that was probably one of the tougher ones mentally because I didn't want to didn't want to lose to him again, right? So then I ended up beating him, and then I ended up winning. Yeah, so. That was probably one of the tougher ones. <laughs> I know that that match came up in one of our earlier podcasts. How did you guys play each other three times? So uh, I beat him on the A side early. I think it was in the 32s even. It could have been our first match. Yeah, it was. Um, so I beat him there, and then I ran both sides, and then he beat me in the B final. So he was the B finalist, 
and oh, I was and then the A finalist. Play you guys. Ah, so then okay. that we, okay. we faced where where the yeah the brackets meet. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there's actually one more I do recall that kind of sticks out in my memories. I'm I'm sure I played Adam a million times and we've had some matches, but I played Brad Moans one year in Regina and the previous year at the TBC, uh, I think he beat me like 950 to 930 or whatever. And it was the year that uh, Crosby scored the, uh, the winning goal for the Olympics. And I was playing Brad and Going into my last frame, I, need, I got a chop off, so I had to go up. I had to, I had to spare the chop off and throw a strike to beat him by two. So I go up, spare the chop off. I, and it was like, it would have been, it was 750 to 748. It wasn't the greatest match. It was just kind of grinding and out. I go up and throw the strike, and not two seconds later, Crosby scored that goal. And everyone erupted in the bowling Wow. Alley. I was like, thank God I threw the ball when I did, because if I threw it two seconds later, she's gone. <laughs> so and, that and, one kind of sticks out for me, too. And the bowling alley was empty, if I remember. Everybody's up in the rack watching yeah. watching the golden goal. <laughs> Nobody was down there. Yeah. 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 There's a couple. Cool. I've had lots of good matches, but a couple that stick out. Uh, what's in your arsenal, sir? Uh, as far as shoes, I have Dexter... I think they're SST five or six LE. Uh, solid black ones. Uh, thinking about trying custom shoes. I'm a little nervous about that, but we'll see. Um, and then as far as bowling balls, right now I have uh, a black ball. I actually do not know what kind of ball it is. <laughs> uh, it's got a ABC on it, so I'm not really sure what those are. I found it in the back of a bowling alley a long time ago. I used to use it a long time ago when I kind of went back to it. And then for my spare ball, I use a Paramount. And then I also have a couple soft rolls as well that I use quite a bit, depending on the conditions. I've actually changed my thought a little bit. I, a lot of the synthetic lanes are quite straight, so I was using the soft roll to get more movement and just focusing on more and more movement. But then I thought, why don't I try the other way? Why don't I embrace the straight, go to a straighter ball? And then I've had some more success that way. So right now I'm using the straight ball. So. And if more end over end fingers. Yeah. yeah. Right. And not relying on it to snap back, just throw it right up the gut with some stuff. If people want to see what's actually in Mark Johnson's bag, you can actually go to the WCBTour.ca webpage and under the videos tab there, he has a what's in his bag episode there. So you can watch and see what bowling ball, bowling balls he pulls out of there. Um, so Johnny, what's on your bucket list? Is there a player you haven't played with you'd like to play or um, an event that you really want to take down? Like, what's on what's on your five-pin bowler's bucket list? Ooh, that's funny because I've played with all four of you guys, so mm -hmm. it's definitely on my bucket list. I've won with three of the four of you guys, so... <laughs> Uh, winning it, winning a national with Adam would be kind of cool. <laughs> you wouldn't think that would be the one I don't have it with, but, uh, we had one awesome. try, but came up short. So that, that's definitely on my bucket list. I kind of like, I kind of pride myself in having to win a medal with Gino and Greg and Bruce and Gino and, uh, Tom Stevenson, Mark Jackson. So I've played in one of all of those guys. So. Don't forget Gino. Yeah, that's right, seven twice. <laughs> so that's on my bucket list. And uh, a, a, a C5 or a Masters Nationals singles title is on my bucket list too. I've uh, been both nationals once. I lost to Greg DeGrazzi in the final the one year, and then I was uh, fifth the one year in for Masters. So that would be on my bucket list as well. And so you know, you, when, you, obviously winning more cash tournaments too, but... <laughs> You know, you got to play the C5 Open Trials to make those nationals, right? Yeah, we're getting closer to uh, coming out of retirement in that area. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Good, good to hear, Johnny. Yeah. I, uh, on, on a side note, we were talking about things you want to win. And uh, I told Jamin when it was last night or something, we were talking about things you want to win. And I was saying, honestly, I think I'm more nervous about Thursday night getting the aggregate champion right now than – trying to make open provincial nationals like that's I am more nervous you are the best league bowler ever <laughs> yeah. that's right we should add that to the yeah. five pin universe drinking chart <laughs> tim is the best league bowler i know by far they're gonna win it too <laughs> and we say back in the day a lot 
<laughs> yeah, I, I actually I do say that a lot too. That's because most of your things were back in the day, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> so on that topic, Johnny, um, obviously watching you at the Regina Classic this year, um, seeing you run pretty deep in the tournament, how did it feel to be back in the heat of the moment and um, being that far into a tournament, winning matches? Yeah, Make, like making a cut. Yeah, that was a first. That was geez. a feat in itself. Um, oh God, I, I, it's hard to even for me to describe it. It feels so good. Like the last few years have been quite tough on me, and I've been trying way too hard. And I kind of started taking a little me- different mental approach. And I'll give Lonnie Acres a shout out. I'm sure his head's pretty big right now, but uh, just well, about as big as his leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to him and a guy that has had similar experience as me and close to the same age and just trying to be the work on the mental side of things. And, and, and obviously my body has been feeling a little bit better and stuff too. That helps too. But I, like, it feels awesome. Like I feel like I belong again. So (laughs) not that I never did, but yeah, I was just going to say you, you always belonged. You just need a little belief in yourself to get back into it confidence is a huge thing like now i have i have a pretty good i'm getting some good confidence going now and the results are starting to come so yeah it's good i just want to be in the mix you know when you guys are talking about all this all the time i want to be in the mix so (laughs) it feels good (laughs) awesome and even listening to you guys like on your podcast from week to week i learn things and that's what people should be doing is learning things and taking some things out of these podcasts and whatnot. And, Cause you guys have lots of good things to say and all the guests too. So mm. some of the us. learning never ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys have your moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's important. The learning never ends. And like I said, you know, always, I always watch people. I always watch to see what's working for them too, because you know, sometimes a house will eat you apart, but somebody is doing something right. So take hints from them too. Well, I've been focusing on that more too. Is I've been watching a lot of the flow bowling on ten pin and stuff, and seeing how because it's a lot of different lines and they play with their lines and balls and a, a way it's a little more technical than us. Mm-hmm. So I've learned like how to adjust and how who's doing what and who's doing what's it working and what's not. And obviously, if Adam's playing well, I'm not going to try to throw it as hard as Adam. But oh, is he playing a different line or is he using this ball or? He's always using the same ball, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, but there's certain guys. Or I'll look at Dexter. If Dexter's playing well, he throws a similar shot to me, so I'll look and see what he's doing. I'll find guys that sim- throw similar shots, too. So, sorry, Tim. No, it's okay. No, I, I was watching a video uh, about 10-pin, and it was funny because he was talking about how he needs to find his line on certain lanes, and then he was talking about well, there's always one set that always messes you up because it's a little bit different always. The pattern breaks down. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I I guess. I'm guessing on the correction. If I hit it, I'd, I have a good game. If I don't, I don't. And I didn't think it would be that that similar, you know? Like, what, what is what is your guess on your correction? Oh, I'm going to stand in the same spot I always play and aim at the same target I almost play. And that... <laughs> I'll just close my, my eyes correction. on this one. <laughs> no, no, no. Tim, Tim, you're the you're the prime example of a field bowler. You don't have to explain your adjustments. You are a field no. bowler. There is there's no doubt in my mind you would be if we looked it up in the dictionary for five pin no. bowling, it'd be a picture of your mug. I'm sorry, but I think you're misunderstanding me. When I was watching this video, the the guy was trying to make an adjustment in it, and I thought ten pin was way more technical than it is where he was talking about hitting certain lines and stuff like that. And he said, nine times out of ten, when we're trying to pick a line, a lot of the times it's just luck, right? It's just sometimes it, that, that line might work, and then it's carrying a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, it, it's their first shot, like, yeah, because they're making a guess moving to that pair, right? Right. Because, right. It, cause like you said, it could break down differently and stuff like that. So your first shot is almost a complete guess. Hopefully it's an educated guess because you're watching who's in on the sets ahead of you. So they make a guess, and if they guess right, then it's easy to make small adjustments off that. But if they guess mm-hmm. wrong, then it's going to take them another frame to figure it out, right? Yes. Yeah. There's especially when you're having, that. especially when you're having two different patterns on two different lanes. Yeah. 
exactly. You know, quite quite honestly, this year in Regina, though, like we ended up, uh, like myself, I, I played the Friday morning shift. Uh, they ended up cleaning the lanes differently Friday night than they did Thursday night. And by the time we played on Sunday, it was a completely different break on those lanes, right? Yeah. So you, know, you, you get there your first game in the 32s. Uh, you get into practice, you're, you're trying little things because all of a sudden my ball that's typically breaking two or three boards is now breaking eight, right? So it, it, it's no different to me, right? So we're, we're, we're trying yeah. little things. Hopefully that educated guess kind of makes sense and it feels right. Or if it doesn't feel right, okay, we go on to the next educated guess. And that, right. at, at the level that we play, uh, we're able to make those educated guesses a lot better than than say your your average 220 bowler who will just yeah, continue we, we to fire and fire and fire at the exact same thing try to figure out why it's not working i think right? it's such a fine line right i mean in matches sometimes you only if it's if it's one on one for one game like johnny playing you know open nationals step ladder or same thing you as adam like you have you have two or three frames at most to make to find that, and if not, well, it could be a long match. Or yeah, I punched four time. times. It's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you just want to find it before the other guy does, mm-hmm. because there's going to be a lot of strikes from from both players in that type of a format. But if you find it before the other guy does, they start pushing even more. Matches over. Yeah. Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, thanks guys for coming out for another one. Thanks, Johnny. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks to, thanks for the listeners for submitting some of the information, some of the questions we talked about today. Uh, once again, you can reach us at the email at carry at fivepinuniverse.ca or on Facebook to any of the guys on the podcast. And get those memes in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah meme, we gotta, meme of the we week. Pick a meme of the week. One of Carrie Kreitz. We don't know who that is. All right, guys. Thanks.